0: dentist with too much time on his hands and too much recording equipment in his basement. Armed with an obsession to bring entertaining and informative content to the dental world in a way that's never been done before, I give you the Alan Mead Experience. Well, hello and welcome to the Alan Mead Experience. I'm your host, Alan Mead, dentist, podcaster, and horse whisperer. Today, I would like to introduce you to my co-host, a friend of mine I've known for quite some time, a guy that some of you guys may know. We had him on the other podcast. He gets around, actually. You've seen his face before. This is Dr. Brett Kessler. Brett, how are you doing today?
1: Hi, Alan. Hi, everybody. Doing great. Glad to be here. Nice. I feel like I'm on speaking mic in the morning.
0: You are kind of the dental version of exactly that. Right. So, yeah, I I have to say I had I chose to have a very ostentatious theme song because the name of the podcast is also very ostentatious. I I sort of I it I won't lie to you. There's a little bit of morning show madness kind of stuff that inspired this. But I figured it would be it'd be kind of fun because it was just going to be more conversation. So how are you apparently you just touched ground uh, back home in Denver after being in uh, in Florida, visiting the mouse last week. Is that right?
1: That is correct. Got in last night by nine o'clock, and we did a week in Orlando. It's first family vacation we've taken in as long as I can remember.
0: And your family you got you've got a wife and four kids. Is that right? Right. That's
1: right. My oldest is seventeen. She just graduated from high school, and she's going to be going to University of Colorado Boulder. Oh wow! Okay. Very excited about that.
0: That's cool. Uh,
1: Yeah. Does it make Does it make you feel
0: incredibly old to have a college student?
1: No, it people keep saying that but I I'm pretty excited for her. I think my wife's a little sad, but uh I'm pretty happy. Um I'm I'm actually looking for a new car and and you know with a family my size we need three rows of seats yeah. and, um, and I, I was reminded well we don't need three rows of seats anymore cuz Abby's going to be gone. So I get to downgrade my my car a little bit.
0: So. you don't you don't have to have the you don't have to have like the Mennonite van or anything like that the <laughs> the, the, the the stretch van with the extra seating. I know that story.
1: First Presbyterian slash Jewish church. Of <laughs> exactly. uh,
0: if it's not brown, you can't drive it. That's right. That's right. So, Brett, I have, I have several things to talk to you about today. I, I uh, Brett and I met years ago in, how would you call the community that uh, we met in? It's sort of the dental wellness community, correct?
1: Yeah, I was at the Utah School for... Mm-hmm. Alcoholism and other drug dependencies and um, and let's let 's just
0: be let 's clarify they weren 't actually teaching us to be alcoholics at the Utah school that was not like <laughs> it 's not like continuing education in alcoholism we'd done plenty of that <laughs> on our own really so <laughs>
1: that's right <laughs> we were there to to learn about uh, how not to be alcoholics exactly you know,
0: exactly because well, we're both we 're both kind of um well, I am the chair of the Michigan Dental Association uh wellness committee and I've talked about that on the show before. And you are you still the chair in Colorado?
1: I am still the chair in Colorado. Okay. Yes. Okay.
0: So it's almost like we're we're uh, we're in competition with each other. Who could, who can bring in the most who can bring in the the most <laughs> sick addicted people. I think you you might be ahead of me there. I don't know. I think the mar- the but- marijuana thing in Colorado, you may have me on that. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I've got some some cool things going on there, but uh, but I did get sober in Michigan before you were. That's
0: around. right. That's right. Well, so- you got Mi- sober in Michigan probably when I was still in Minnesota. So that was a um, yeah, you got a, you got some you got some years in Michigan prior to. I mean, your short your story. I've heard your story a million times, and I'm not going to drag it out. But the bottom line is, your story is is like my story. When when you tell it to normal people, their eyes continue to get wider and wider, and they keep going. It's, well, you're here, you're alive, something must have happened well, so yeah, that's kind of Brett and I share stories that way that's uh that's
1: right that's right so, it, so, you know out factor.
0: it's funny too, because like the wellness committee is like it's super important for for dental associations, but it's also like the quietest committee like uh you know if if they had a Michigan dental Association parade we probably wouldn't be in it or, or maybe we would be in it, but we'd be in like a nondescript Toyota Celica with no signs on it or something like that. Just so no one would actually know what it is. That's right. Whereas like membership would be the big, you know, the, the Rose bowl kind of thing. Yes. And that's, that's probably the way that it should be. No, no one's going to approach a committee for help if they think they're going to be on the, on the main float, I suppose. So that's kind of how it goes.
1: That's right. Usually, I mean, we come in here so broken and ashamed of, of, what we've become from, from our drinking and drug use that, you know, we, we, we kind of stay under the radar. And, uh, but, you know, I learned early on that, uh, if people don't talk about the recovery or the positive side of this. Um, you know, no one ever knows there's help available. You know, that it's super frust-
0: It's That is a super frustrating thing to me because so much of the media now on basically any kind of, uh, chemical dependence anything like that it, first off like like the biggest thing going is is the opiate epidemic and you know in appalachia or whatever and and uh, it's frustrating to me because the stories always end with overdose deaths and there's no hope and and typically because they have a political bent and i'm always in the in the middle of the news store i'm the guy yelling at the television what about recovery you don't have to do this, you know. They never mention the fact that. Oh, and by the way, some people get well, right? Like that's never mentioned. And, right. and it, it always. I, my favorite thing is the last minute of the story is always focuses in on the methadone clinic, where, where the dude is going to the methadone clinic for the first time. I'm like, no, I mean, and of course, you can't really bring him into an NA meeting. That, that wouldn't that wouldn't really be allowed. But I just, it, it is. <laughs> have you noticed that that it's frustrating? It seems like now the 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 press coverage is more on. The depravity and the and how it's hollowing out the world and everything and like no one ever talks about oh but by the way there is help you know that 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 part always gets left out I think
1: right well it's it's because it's so hard to access you know, um, you know I speak around the country on on this subject and you know and I always ask my my audience I'm like who in the who in the audience has addicts in their practice you know and everyone raises their hand or some people mm-hmm. don't show you know i show pictures of like cigarette smoking and like oh yeah everyone raises their hand then or coffee or mm-hmm. caffeine raise their hand and stuff like that you know and then i'm like do you ask your patients about you know illicit drug use or they're drinking and they're like no and the, the biggest reason why is because what if they say yes
0: yeah no that's I, a good point that's I, a good dude, point
1: you know, what you do with them there? there's there's no availability to get help so we just kind of sweep it under the rug and you know what That's do you what okay,
0: so so some, someone comes up to you after the lecture, because no one said yes, and says, Okay, what can I do? What what if a patient says yes to that question, what should I do?
1: Well, um what I tell them is is that I can help them get, you know, hooked into, you know, resources, I everything mean, every dentist in their in their little circle of influence should have resources of physicians that they can um you know refer to mm-hmm. and count when you know things are outside of our scope because obviously we focus on teeth mm-hmm. and you know that's not our, our focus of interest even though it may be a focus of interest of mine or yours or other people in the well-being world um so i send them to them um i'll invite them to a uh, a 12-step meeting mm-hmm. uh, I'll, I'll you know that's bold too it. so that
0: so your point and my point always almost always is that you you share you, you are going to potentially share something personal with them too then at that point
1: yeah, I don't ever lead with that. Hi, I'm Dr. Kessler. I'm a recovering addict. That's right. Um, you know, I'm gonna play with your teeth today. Yeah, no, that's right.
0: That's a, <laughs> you
1: know,
0: <laughs> that that always like it's an air of confidence around there. You what? Yeah, exactly.
1: But I've never, you know, when I've shared it with my patients or my colleagues, I've never regretted it. I've never, it's never come back to haunt me. I
0: can't think of a single time where it wasn't it wasn't a positive outcome for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um it, like the story is is that it helps to have a little time <laughs> between now and then. Well, I mean not sure. probably not probably 3 weeks after I got clean. Maybe yeah. maybe that wouldn't have been the time yesterday. to
1: do it. It's yeah. going to be going to be great. I just yeah. I,
0: I went to my first meeting yesterday. <laughs> Open wide. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but but I mean that is that's actually very cool and that actually probably carries more credibility. Like the idea that you would invite them to a 12 step meeting or you would actually you would actually make a referral to someone that you know that, that you know, that's that's very cool. And that's, dentists, uh, I've noticed this more now than ever. We have more relationship with our patients than physicians typically do. Yep, Maybe the went. occasional family practice doc has seen patients as, but, but not really. Because they are, you know, for whatever reason, man, they come for six-month recalls pretty regularly. I got people who, who won't let me look at their mouth. Yeah, they will come and have their teeth cleaned every six months. So they're <laughs> – and I, I always tend to – I'm like, yeah, why do you do that? But, I mean, in any case, that's neither here nor there. They're they're trained and they're regularly there every six months or even sometimes more often. Physicians don't get that. I mean, nowadays, physicians only see people when they're in trouble. So right. we For are you. we are primary care at this point.
1: Right, and they get their six minutes with their patients, mm-hmm. you know, are have, you know, relationships over years and years and, and generational relationships, too. That's exactly right. Sometimes that, you know, because of that, we can or I, I, I'm able to identify changes, you know, you know, in demeanor. You know, you show up late, uh, you're you smell like alcohol and mm-hmm. this morning. Um, you know, you're, you're telling me your life is in a shambles. You know, what's going on? This isn't you. This isn't the normal you that I've, I've been seeing over these years. You know, and, um, you know, and a lot of times it spurs a conversation and, you know, and, you know, if they, they may not seek help, uh, immediately, but you know, Hey, we got a, an opportunity to plant a seed. And when it does come to fruition that they may need help, they, they, they'll call.
0: It is funny too, because even if they just, even if you just let them know that you can help, <laughs> it may not be then it may not, you know, it could be years down the road, but they remember, oh yeah, this doc actually can help. And I know him well enough that I could actually talk to him about it. So that's kind of cool. I mean we are we're in a position we're in a position to be just that. And you don't right. have to be a recovering addict dentist to do this either by the way. It's I would argue that it's probably easier for Brett and I to do it because because we sort of know the lingo and we've been around a lot of people that are but but the reality is you don't have to be an addict to do this. This is something you can offer any of your patients just as long as you have an idea of what you can do to help. That's uh, it's it's pretty powerful stuff actually. I've always appreciated that about you. And Brett does. I mean if you ever get a chance to see Brett speak he'll he'll cover a lot of this stuff. Now, the other thing that's kind of funny about Brett—I swear—I've laughed about this ever since he lives in Colorado. And Brett and I have literally been following the whole marijuana issue for as long as I can remember. It being an issue, I know that in Michigan, medical marijuana came in two thousand eight, and so it must have been two thousand ten that I that I gave my first lecture on medical marijuana because because a I was in the wellness wellness committee and we didn't know enough about it, so they sort of sent me to do the research, and then I spoke at the MDA, and then. It turned out that I was one of the only guys that was speaking on medical marijuana uh, at the but time.
1: By that you weren't on medical marijuana,
0: exactly. Well, that was that's one of the things that's frustrating about it because Of all the stuff that I did do, <laughs> marijuana was like never my thing. So I like I had like very very little like road tested experience. I'm, I was literally like the textbook guy, which is a little embarrassing. So the second time that I that I did. Um, well, I spoke in Arizona about it a couple times. The second time I spoke in Arizona, I decided I was no longer going to be that guy. And I, so I interviewed a bunch of people in, in recovery who their drug of choice was marijuana and, and oh, that was a whole different lecture. You helped me out with that one too, because yeah. you were my, you were my feet on the ground in Colorado, because at that time, Colorado had gone, uh, recreational legal and all that stuff. So, so tell me a little bit about your experience. How How is marijuana looking in Colorado right now?
1: Well, uh, one hundred twenty thousand people moved to Denver last year. <laughs> moved to Colorado last year. <laughs> oh my gosh! Uh, it's because of our liberal laws, that's ten thousand people a month. So the kind insane. of um, yeah, every bit of commercial real estate that uh, was vacant is no longer vacant. Um, there's shops everywhere. It's so weird. I and you know I spoke in Arizona this past uh, spring. Oh, that's right. Too. That's right.
0: We both yeah. we both have been in the big room in Arizona. I love but, that and,
1: uh, room. Uh, I had to one up you, so I went into a medical marijuana I'm so store, a recreational marijuana store.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And, uh It was quite the experience, you know. And you you walk in, and there's a like a hippie colored room, you know, with, like pinks and blues and yellows and oranges and all swirled around. Mm-hmm. And then there's two there's two doors. There's one for the recreational on your right, and <laughs> one for the medical on the left. And they're both like occupied by these like bank teller type people with this bulletproof glass. Yeah. And I hope you, I'm like, yeah, I'd like to kind of look around and they're like, can I see your ID? I was like, uh, I don't know. I don't know if I want to give you my ID and get put on a list because, yeah. you know, recovery is, uh, is very important to me. I don't want to have a guilt by association And yeah. you know, no, it just kind of puts you in line. And there were three other people in line, uh, sitting around in these really nice lounge chairs, by the way, um, <laughs> just stretching out. Well, okay. <laughs> so, so, I- so it's, so it's, it's.
0: It's not like a. It's not like a. Uh, it's not like you've been to Mackinac Island before, right? It's not like yeah. a fudge shop or anything like that. It's not. Weird.
1: Oh, it's. It's better. Let me. <laughs> let me. We just do that to get in because the laws are so stringent. Everything is 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 videoed, you know, and the the state can come at any time and and review those videos mm-hmm. without. Any- or anything like that. So they gotta make sure you're over eighteen or whatever, you know, and not not a felon or, or whatever. So anyway, two minutes later they invite me into the uh, the recreational side mm-hmm. and this hot, hot, hot girl takes me around. She's sure. like, oh is this your first time here? I'm like, yeah, I've never been here before. She's like, well, what do you like? I'm like, well, I'm just here to, 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 to kind of look around and see what you have. And I'm doing a, a presentation in Arizona next week. And um, you know, and I want to tell them about medical marijuana and recreational marijuana and, the, the, you know, what it's like in here. So, so anyway, she, she walks behind the counter. She starts filling me a bowl. Okay. And, you know, <laughs> she's like, you got to try this. And I'm like, Oh no, 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 I don't I don't do it. No, 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 no. And so oh, it's great, you gotta try it. I'm like, No, it's okay. So what are you here for? I'm like, I just wanna see, you know, I just want to see what you have. Is this your first time here? Yes, yeah, my first time here. Well, for first time buyers, you can buy an eighth ounce for fifteen bucks. I was like <laughs> fifteen bucks, man. We I mean it was thirty bucks when I was using that was thirty years ago. And it
0: was also it was also crap too. That was the other thing. It was not oh, good it was not sweet. good weed, exactly.
1: Western ditch weed. Um <laughs> <laughs> and I'll, I'll go Why does on, it I smell it. like oregano?
0: I don't understand.
1: Yeah, <laughs> go off on a tangent. You know, everyone's like, "Well, it's natural. It's from the earth. It's sure. beautiful. It should be legal." You know, and these are the same people that are against ge- genetically modified food. Yeah. You know, and yeah. GMO. But marijuana is completely GMO'd Sure it um, is. is. It's absolutely modified. And, and, well, yeah, and-
0: okay. So, I mean, they have <laughs> fetish photos of of the buds glistening with resin and stuff. It is literally yeah. the same kind of lighting you'd use in pornography, you know. Oh, and yeah. uh, I mean, yeah, that is like so genetically modified. It may not. It may not be like. It may not. It may might be crossbred like other crops, but yeah, totally. But yeah, yeah, as, yeah. as an aside, too, other natural things are. Um, well, scorpions are very natural. Arsenic, <laughs> completely natural. Just, just a lot of natural things out there. Exactly. That's
1: right. That's right. As they're poppies from heroin. Yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. And, uh, but but on that same note, in the in there, the lighting is like that. They've got these bright spotlights, and she's going like this and glistening it in front of the light. Yeah. She's like, smell that. I'm like, no, it's okay. Or try this one. This one here is good for pain. I'm like, well, we're in the recreational side. Are you supposed to, you know, are we supposed to get stuff for pain? Oh, we can talk about that here. It, it really is good for pain, and it may not get you as hot. I'm like oh, okay, and she is hard selling me hard. hard really, me. Yeah. really, and um, you know, and and then we I walked across the the room, and there's the the refrigerator with all the edibles. Yeah, and um, the edibles they're 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 packaged like good and plenty.
0: Sure, these, you know,
1: and or or you know, um, what's the bit of honey? You know, they're individually wrapped. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. Here, that she starts opening them up. Try one. I'm like, no, no, no. I don't want. I don't. I don't use well, why are you here? I got I kept telling her. Do you mind if I take some pictures? She's like, oh yeah, sure. So I start taking pictures of That's it. That's good. That's and, awesome. And and it was a big hit in the uh, in the presentation. So I had to one up you there. No, I'm uh, I'm glad it.
0: you did because I always <laughs> I always wanted to do that, but I either didn't get there in time to actually do the legwork, or I was just too chicken to be honest. Yeah. I was. I <laughs>
1: Next time you come to Colorado,
0: we'll take a trip. We'll take a. We'll do a tour. We'll do a. We'll do a.
1: Wait, I gotta. I gotta figure there. It's you know,
0: are they still worried about the federal law? I mean, like technically, it's and with the new administration. I mean, they're drug warriors. The the this new administration. they I think Obama was was you know willing to. Although you remember when we had uh, Kurlikowski at that that thing. I asked him flat out. It was the only question I asked, and it was the shortest answer he's ever given anyone. Is it is it ever going to be federally legal? And he said, no. That was it. So yeah. so even, even Obama, who I suspect was probably much more lenient, I had a couple thoughts. I had a couple predictions about marijuana, one of which was I thought on his way out he was going to do something to legalize it federally, and he didn't. And yeah. then the other thing I had a suspicion of was that once, like Colorado is a perfect example, I figured once it became recreational legally— that the medical market would collapse because why bother you know I that was my assumption was that the medical market is just an end run and I, I do believe it is just an end run around the law at least in Michigan it is I mean
1: but yeah, it's an absolute joke um, you know our medical marijuana law um, came into effect in 2001 mm-hmm. and um, nothing happened until Obama came into office and said he wasn't going to make it a, uh, a judicial priority or he mm-hmm. wasn't going to execute and aggressively with that and so all of a sudden the medicals you know, came up everywhere and, you know, a hundred and some thousand cards were immediately issued in, in Colorado. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you, it's a beautiful thing. You guys have heard of uh, Red Rocks Amphitheater. In, yeah. And Morrison. Oh, yeah. It's a classic, unbelievable place. So every time a concert starts now, all these kids with acute narrow angle, angle glaucoma yeah. can now see the concert as it starts. I know. Because, Poor kids. You know, it's marijuana and now they can see it. It's, it's a it's beautiful clear as thing. day. The, I know. That coma. Wow. <laughs> was a,
0: was a movie. It was a movie, uh, I can't remember what it was called, it was about a guy, it was a guy who had cancer, and his best friend was Seth, uh, Seth. oh, what's his name? Seth uh, Rogan. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and he, uh, <laughs> I mean, Seth Rogan <laughs> smokes a lot of weed, and he smokes a lot of weed in his movies, and he was raving about it being for night blindness. It's for my <laughs> night blindness, I love that. <laughs> but the, the reality is, actually, there is, and I'll put this in the show notes, because I literally just saw it earlier this week, there's some research that had come out. That basically there are three things that um, like cannabinoids or marijuana are actually, there's strong evidence that they're helpful. One of them is chronic pain in adults. Uh-huh. Um, and that's actually, that's the only one that, that they measured smoked marijuana for. So I'll give them that. But then the other ones are, are, are the pill form that they did the research on. Cause of course it's, it's still federally Ill- illegal to do research on it. So there's not really a lot of research, but. So th- but I I mean the medical marijuana is it's it's been a bit of a joke everyone I think sort of I knows think- that the people the people who are really true believers would would you know jump me for saying that but I mean let's be honest those people had smoked marijuana before they had their chronic conditions right like <laughs> i mean the the laws changing the people who are going to smoke marijuana are already smoking marijuana and they're going to continue to it just so happens they can do it without getting hassled by the cops which is fine i i again i'm i think it's fine to legalize it because it's so commonplace anyhow but do you feel like it's even more so now that it's legal
1: yeah it's 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 wide open um you know the 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 hard part is the kids that uh see it as not a a, not a real risk anymore Mm -hmm. That um, you know, they're getting it from their parents, and they're smoking a lot. My my kids' uh, middle middle school principal was confiscating marijuana from kids that they got from their family every week. He was confiscating well, marijuana. That makes me them. that makes
0: me mad, and I mean yeah. I, that's not a not a surprise at all either. And I, right? I mean, it, parents who who make it a part of their lifestyle clearly the kids see this as no big deal. Modeling.
1: Uh, 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 what's
0: what's the age? Is the age twenty one in in Colorado?
1: 18 for medical 21 for recreational okay oh, wow. um, and back to the medical though and and I have this this discussion with people especially at attend my lectures that are, are absolutely for the medical marijuana I'm sure there are medical um, benefits you know but they're all they're all like empirical you mm-hmm. know my dog had seizures and now I give him medical marijuana and my dog doesn't have seizures anymore so it fixes seizures you know mm-hmm. but it there, but there's no like true studies like double-blind like you know, well, yeah, that, and
0: part of it's because they can't do them. I mean, federally, it's near impossible to do it, but, but that is enough for them to decide that it's the thing, you know, right. and, and I, I, I agree. I find that super frustrating. And frankly, I say, let's do more research. But does, does that mean that if, if the research proves that it's not effective, that you'll stop using it for this then?
1: <laughs> right. Then it'll just be for what it really is right now. It's just a facade for the, the, yeah. um, you know, for the recreational Yeah. And, you know, and if it was truly for medical reasons, you know, and, and you know, Marinol is a synthetic marijuana in a pill form that's given to cancer patients that we used in, when I was in my residency at Northwestern. And, sure. you know, it was a great drug. Yeah. You know, it really helped them, you know, with their pain and helped them, you know, build their, their, um, their appetite up and gain their weight. And it was a great drug. But you know what? It was studied by and approved by the FDA and it was dispensed by people who are professionals at dispensing medication well actually there's it's a measured it was it's prescribed, a measured dose not recommended by doctors yeah provided.
0: it's a measured dose like right. you actually know what you're getting like right. like how can you the exactly. bottom line is okay so uh, a lot of people say they don't want to smoke cuz they don't want to mess with their lungs so they'll do, they'll dab so they use the they'll do the the vaping thing with which is which is probably right. better than smoking right it's it's but the bottom line is like medicine generally. When was the last time a doctor told you to, to use a bong for, for your right. medicine? You, my blood well, pressure, are- actually, my blood pressure medication I take through a water bong. Actually, I do it every morning. Right. Two hits in the morning and, and I'm better all day. Yeah.
1: But you know what? It does. I know I, know I have patients that, I mean, I know you have patients too that, that use it before they come in mm-hmm. um, and, and for anxiety because it's a great anti anxiety medication and mm-hmm. it's a great pain medication except i'm not going to recommend it because there there's no quality control on how much they're going to take
0: right and, right.
1: and i don't you know I'm, i can't be liable for that and until it's an fda approved i am liable for any kind of problems that you may have while you're smoking dope no under that's, my right.
0: Care. that's right it is and it so, is very true because it's like it's it'd be like it'd be like giving them sedation medication and say well take enough till you're feeling it you know that's that's brett. essentially what you'd be doing it's not that's brett. probably not the right way to do it i would brett. say i would argue that that's not the case so <laughs> so i'm clearly you and i could talk about this forever because i constantly i mean we literally brett has emails every couple weeks on on he likes to link news stories that have the best headlines of all time and and they're they're getting so commonplace now from colorado that it's like <laughs> They're they're hardly even funny anymore because it's, it's so like it's like whatever you could think of as the most bizarre thing ever is pretty much commonplace coming out of Colorado yeah, with marijuana. It's, so,
1: yeah, it's, it's crazy, but it's there. It's everywhere. It's just weird. You know, when you walk into a liquor store and pick up a six pack and maybe a couple bottles of wine um, from, you know. My past, not my yeah, now. I was gonna say that, that wasn't
0: yesterday for it, you. You yeah.
1: walk into a marijuana shop and you pick up a couple bags and you know and you know just just go.
0: It's so that, weird. Yeah, it's,
1: you don't look over your shoulder and you know, but you do look over your shoulder. That's <laughs> common. <laughs> we're, we're 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 brought up that way because it's 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 just weird, but it is socially normal now. And uh, and I and I ask all my patients, you know, when I'm doing my oral cancer screenings, you know, I'm doing the the neck checks and stuff like that, sure. to any tobacco or marijuana products and, you know, and so many of them say yes.
0: Yeah. And, oh, yeah.
1: and that gives me the opportunity to tell them that, you know, because just because the anti marijuana people think that the, it, or the, the pro marijuana people think it doesn't cause cancer, it still does cause cancer. Of course it does. Yeah. And it's carcinogens, and, and so just want to make sure that they hear that. Um, and and oral cancer is not an easy uh, disease to fix.
0: No, that's right. I, and you know, I will even say that I have patients that are more open about it now than they ever have been, and it doesn't even bother me to be honest. You say, that used to, I think I used to have a drug warrior mindset too. Well, it's illegal, so you shouldn't do it. And I'm like, well, I mean, yeah, it, it. I agree, it is illegal. You should follow the laws, but I'm also of the mind that people are doing this anyhow. I don't, and I don't. I I would rather not see their life wrecked because. They've made, you know, it's the poor choice that everyone should be allowed to make as far as I'm concerned. Uh, I don't, I clearly don't recommend it, but I also don't recommend cigarettes or alcohol. So there you have it. You know, I'm kind of a, I'm relatively libertarian about it, but just knowing my own history, I I like to let people know that there are, these choices have, these choices have consequences whether you want to believe it or not, you know.
1: That's the libertarian way. Yeah. Yeah. I I think that's
0: probably... (laughs) As of right now, it's probably the way it is. It'll be interesting to see how politically this goes because there's – I mean, there's more than half the states have medical marijuana in some fashion or another right now. And the recreation – the next wave coming is recreational. So. Right.
1: And, and I don't think that Trump will take it away. Uh, he'll get too much backlash because of the economy. Mm-hmm. Uh, from the taxes that it's spurring in the economy um you know of not only sales but the um, the electric bills are way higher um the water bills ah, are because, way higher
0: because they're doing the, they're they're do- <laughs> DIY right they they cuz uh, the law not only allows you to buy it but you can grow it too that's right
1: yeah well uh, just passed that any individual can now grow 12 plants oh wow on their own. and i was never a grower but that seems like a ton of <laughs> <laughs>
0: it, it really does i mean actually i remember in Michigan, you're allowed to have six plants, and I think three of them have to be juvenile, and three of them have to be not producing. But that yeah. still produces a lot of marijuana in a in a state where you're not allowed to sell it or trade it. You you can be a, a the the rules are re- really weird. And I do I will say when I was doing that lecture, God, it was some years ago. The all it was really funny how each state had some very specific rules, and some states were. Weirder than others, like in Arizona to start with, you could only buy it from certain, like you, you were assigned to dispense this, A lot of interesting ways to go about it, but you know what's going to happen. The, the wider it gets, the, I don't know. I don't know. I suspect eventually yeah. we're all going to be Colorado eventually.
1: Yeah. And that's, that's you know, interesting. Uh, our governor... Um, you know, the, a lot of the things that um, that was promised didn't really happen, you know, and so they're blaming the governor for that, such as, you know, we need all this money for schools. It's going to it's going to fund all this yeah. stuff. And it funds school infrastructure. It funds new playgrounds, new schools being built, but it has nothing to do with programs, it's nothing to do with teacher salaries. Mm-hmm. And they're all blaming the governor. And it's like, you know, it, the governor didn't vote this in. He was not for it. But when it was voted in by the people, 56 percent of the uh, voters voted it in. Um, you know, he was tasked to try and set some kind of regulations around it. So Colorado is like the test tube and yeah. everyone in the country is watching this. And I, I was, uh, my son and, and the governor's son play baseball together. And so I was talking to the governor about this a few weeks ago and he was interviewed about, you know, is it great? Is it bad? He's like, I don't, I, I'm scared because the kids that are using, you know, it really affects the, you know, the, 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 the developing brain brain
0: development. And, yeah, totally. And,
1: You know, for him to say that was so huge. I wish it would have gotten picked up in a big way, um, but it didn't. So I'm trying to push it. Any kind of drug use in a developing brain is very, very dangerous.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, It's it's dangerous and, frankly, unpredictable. The story is, is like, you, you can't say it's harmless because you don't know. You don't right. know. I mean, like a lot of people make it out like it's harmless. It's just not, it's just not, I'm sorry, but it's just, I mean, there's plenty of things that, that can affect a developing brain. And frankly, kids need all the help we, they can get with that. You know, this is not, we don't need to add to that. So.
1: Right. And, and I'll tell you, when I went to the, the recreational marijuana store, there weren't a lot of high achievers in the waiting room. Sort yeah. Of like that, yeah, you know?
0: so- yeah. I, I know. <laughs> and I mean, it's, it's, it's frustrating. And it is interesting to hear that that's, I wondered if that's how it would be. I've never actually done that situation. I'd, I generally stay on the outside of the medical marijuana places and giggle a little bit. I don't. I never. <laughs> yeah. I never have, like dug in to see what it's like. I appreciate this that is you a, did.
1: This is a courageous move for me. Yeah. I'm a-
0: <laughs> well, it is. It's, we're definitely out of our out of our element to to say the least. But yeah. uh, speaking of out of my element, uh, the other thing that's interesting about Brett, and he can say this, he can speak about it in retrospect now because he's not in the thick of it. But Brett was also the president of the Colorado Dental Association. And what yeah. uh, that was like? A, was it a couple
1: years ago that you were the president? yeah 2014
0: 2015 okay okay so not that so so far enough away that you can take a deep breath but i want to hear about that so <laughs> so cuz i know that we've sort of talked about it but i don't know if we've talked in depth about it because uh, i've seen the mda the michigan dental association and that that's a that's a pretty time consuming gig like there's a lot to that so i'm interested uh, i'm interested in why you wanted to do it I'm interested in how you got there. And then I'm interested in what, what surprised you about it? Like what, what were your expectations? I mean, this is the president of a state. Um, I I noticed that you didn't run for the ADA presidency too, by the way, I just noticed that. So
1: I'm, Uh, I want to hear everything. Tell me everything. First of all, the ADA presidency, that's a, there's a whole other, a
0: whole different ball of wax. Yeah.
1: Got to play. And that's that's that'll be a tough one. If, if ever, I don't think that'll ever happen in my, in my world. But, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, um, back in 2006, the ADA called me and asked me to come to Washington to testify on behalf of a methamphetamine bill that they were trying to, um, you know, push through Congress to add more funding for people who had meth mouth. And so I got to go there and, and experience that. And what a, what an amazing, uh, thing that was because, you know, I used to be, you know, no one was inviting me anywhere. <laughs> hey, yeah, report.
0: yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: Um, and, and when I got invited there, it was just, you know, kind of made me feel like, you know, gosh, I've really done something with my life where people respect me enough to hear my opinion about, you know, illicit drugs and how dentistry can help in the recovery. And so when I got back from that, um, you know, they asked me to, the the Colorado Dental Association asked me to join, um, their leadership team. And I'd already been uh, on the board of the Metro Denver Dental Society, which is our biggest component, Mm -hmm. um, and and you know and and was thinking about running for leadership there and um they asked me to to run for leadership um as treasurer of the CDA and you know i i, I knew i wanted to do it at some point but wasn't sure when or how and i wasn't sure i was ready and treasurer wasn't my uh
0: <laughs> wasn't my i was told life. there'd be no math yeah
1: <laughs> um but you know i dove into a uh, self directed leadership um program you know I read a lot of books mm-hmm. and, and Classes joined a leadership study club with um, Dr. Bob Frazier out of Austin, Texas. Sure. And it was, uh, you know, really great. Why did I want to do it? I felt that I could offer a unique experience um, for many reasons. First of all, from my recovery standpoint, it was a, a testament that recovery is possible and not only. Is you know just getting sober the best thing in your life that your your life will improve uh, immensely and anything you can do anything you put your mind to as a recovering person and I wanted to prove that it wasn't a uh, um, the end of my life but a beginning of a new mm-hmm. one that's
0: perfect yeah
1: a, a great way to um, share my my well being agenda and um, and actually when I became president I, I shared a bit of my story to the, the House of Delegates and, um, and talk about how important the work that you and I do, mm-hmm. uh, many, many others around the country, um, do to, to help our dentists, help our colleagues, um, not only, you know, keep their license, but, but keep their life. And, you know, and I, I think right now, if I were ever to relapse, God, God forbid the mm-hmm. license, you know, it would be the least of my, my worries. Yeah, you know?
0: no, I agree. I agree with that. Yeah.
1: I've got my, my, my family, my kids, my, uh, my integrity, my, you know, yeah the dentistry thing at at first was a very big uh you know carrot to to dangle in front of me to keep Mm -hmm. going forward so i can keep my license but it's so much bigger than that now and so you know and and so i became frankly
0: but i will say that when you're using it that is a super tangible thing that you can use for someone who's maybe not seeing so clearly i will say that the the idea that the the license being dangled in front is really powerful stuff for someone because because frankly you (laughs) know what a regular guy going into AA he doesn't have the accountability that that we did i so i have to say that it, it might be kind of cruel to do that but on the other hand i think it's a really a really good thing it was a good thing for me i mean that it turned out that doing the right things in recovery ended up being the right thing for my career too but Having that as sort of the, the beacon to look forward to, I think it was pretty powerful stuff. I'm sorry I didn't mean to interrupt, but I think that's a pretty important and note, point.
1: And on that note, too, the well-being programs are there to advocate yep. so that we can have an opportunity to keep our license.
0: In mm-hmm.
1: and, and states like California, the physicians lost their well-being program five or six years ago, mm-hmm. and there was no route for any doctor to get help. They Their only way they can get help was to, to OD and die or get arrested and yeah. fired. You know, and, and here we got a way to get them help with dignity.
0: Yeah, you know?
1: yeah, yeah. that's and, pretty and, and,
0: sad. I, I remember that about California. That's pretty sad. That's ridiculous, it's, actually. It's,
1: I always think it's going to happen here. I always think it's going to happen there. It, it's it's you know you get the wrong people in the the wrong in the right positions. Yeah. You know, That's why we have to keep advocating for this. We no, that's break.
0: very true. It's very true.
1: Uh, but through throughout my uh, my it was a six year run through the chairs uh, on, on the executive board in Colorado. And, um, I'm very into, um, I'm, I guess I call myself a visionary leader with a poor sense of direction. <laughs> you know, I've got great ideas, but never know really how to get there. And sure, so, you know, and so by, uh, my second or third year on the board, um, I had, you know, written out my goals of what I wanted to do. And, um, we did some strategic planning as a group and, and we really made uh, some major, um, Major impact um, on the dental community in Colorado, and and I think it, it spread out uh, across our district district 14, and and even with the ADA, um, you know, and as president, the you know we, we successfully you know did things outside of well being. We successfully fought insurance companies, and and they were rating us based on you know our fee schedule, not on our on how good we were, you know, and so we we created a law to prevent that. Um, you know, the, the, I think the most, the thing I'm most proud of is Medicaid and, and the expansion of Medicaid to adults in Colorado allowed for nearly 200,000 people to get benefits, dental benefits for the first time. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, and we helped craft that and, and get all the right people in the room and, and created a program that no, it's not perfect, but Hey, we've gotten people out of the emergency rooms and into dentists chairs Mm -hmm. to really get what they need. And, um, you know, and it, it really makes me feel like, like, uh, like I've, I've accomplished a part, I was part of something, you know, that accomplished some big things mm-hmm. and I'm not one to sit on the side and, 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 complain and wish it was different. I'm, I'm a doer, you know, I like to jump right in and make sure it happens. And you know, I find out I've i got all sorts of unique abilities around that through being in recovery.
0: Sure. Uh, totally so, i can totally see that. tell me what it, what was it like when you were actually the when you were actually the president like what was what was day-to-day like <laughs> were you able to work in your practice i mean is it, i I'm, what i know is that the mda president goes around and and is in communication with a lot of the different districts so there's a fair amount of travel involved i know that they're in lansing and the in the headquarters often all this what what was what was it like when you were president how much how much of your regular life did you have that year
1: well, I missed the helicopter, Alan. I uh, missed the helicopter. Man. That's for sure.
0: I'll tell you what.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you though, it was um you know, I I, I was in meetings two or three time, nights a week. Um luckily I live in Denver where our headquarters are. Yeah. Uh, you know, and so that was fairly easy for me. Yeah, we don't have a lot
0: of presidents in the from the upper peninsula. We've had one that I can remember, but <laughs> that's a long it's a long haul, right? It's
1: it's a tough, tough way to go. But you know, I didn't miss that much work I probably miss, you know, more than I normally would, but I still travel a lot to, to speak and, and go to conferences and things like that. So I still miss, you know, a fair amount of work a year. Um, but, you know, I would check in with the office, uh, the CDA office pretty much every day and, mm-hmm. um, and, and weekly. Um, I, I was very active where I talked with my board members on a weekly basis. You know, we met once a month Board of trustees met four times a year. Um, you know, so it was, uh, we traveled around the state to the different components, which Mm -hmm. was a blast. Um, I was telling our, our incoming president, uh, last week, I really loved to talk to the, the angry members, the disgruntled members. (laughs) And and she was like, why would you? I'm like, you know, these are people that care enough to share that they're angry. Yeah. A lot of people just quietly shut up and go away and Mm -hmm. we never know. These people are complaining. They care enough to bring it to us. We've got a, an obligation to at least hear them out. But usually they're angry because they have no idea what we're doing. And and um, the organized dentistry, especially leadership, we're the best kept secret in dentistry and in the whole profession. You know, no one knows what we do behind the scenes. And, um, you know, we, we we stop a lot of, of, of bad things that, that, that are, are that come out um you know we're advocating all over the place um talking with legislators talking with um water boards i was able to help uh um testify uh to keep fluoride for in the fluoride, water sure. for fluoride sure it is i um, will
0: say it's interesting that you say that because i know that uh, i i mean i my social media presence puts me in contact with a lot of dentists there's a ton of dentists that complain about um not having any benefit from the ADA, not having any benefit from their their membership and stuff. So, in that sense, I'd love to. What do you tell the? Because I suspect when you talk about angry members, they're the ones that are on the verge of walking out. So, what do you, what do you tell that person?
1: You know, like obviously we, you know, want to find out the root of their problem. Mm-hmm. You know, and and you know, and and we just kind of share all the things we're doing um, to to help that. And so I'm on a uh, a council for the ADA right now, the council on dental benefit program. Mm-hmm. And I mean, every year we are in the same room with uh, the heads of insurance or benefits companies, you know, and we tell them what it's like to do what we're doing under the, you know, the, the bondage that they're creating yep. for us, Yep. you know, and sometimes they listen, sometimes they don't, but we're the only ones fighting. Yeah. We're the only ones that can provide that voice and, you if we're splintered, where we lose any chance of power that we
0: have, I I see that, and, and the insurance companies are in a power position, no matter what anyone says. Too, that's that's the. T- I always wonder, too that people need to not look for the ADA as much as their state and local, mostly state. And, yeah. in, in Michigan, Michigan's got a really like. Like the ADA has not made as compelling of a case to stay on board as the MDA for me because the Michigan, and maybe it's just because it's more visible what they're doing on the ground, the closer to local that it gets. I don't, I'm not exactly sure what, what it is about that, but there's something to be said about getting.
1: You're, the, you're absolutely right. The president of the United States does not fill potholes in Denver.
0: Exactly. That, exactly. Exactly.
1: So you need to be really active in, 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 in the state level. To really create change that's effective on it for on the ground dentists and, and and the communities and you know and we are we've got a great uh, great relationship with our legislature. We meet with every single legislator in, in Colorado, um, and we we give money to them, the ones that we support. And we're ninety seven percent effective with who we um, supported got into office. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and we just passed our, our non covered services bill here in Colorado this year, which was our crowning achievement and Good, we're going yeah. to insurance reform in the future. Um, you know, because they, they, I, I, honestly, I'm not sure if the insurance companies are, um, if they don't care or they're just ignorant, I can't tell. Um, <laughs> because they really feel like they are doing the best thing in the best interest of their, um, their clients.
0: Cr- um, is in that funny that's like a whole other podcast i think honestly because because the reality is is like what they've done in my in my estimation is uh, patients with insurance figure that whatever whatever needs they need are clearly you know or whatever whatever pathology they might have clearly their insurance is you know it it the cost of fixing it is only what their insurance will cover <laughs> I'm just and and i mean that's that's a that's silly but b I think we and and the insurance companies have let them believe that you know like if there's more if there's more that they need than their insurance will cover then clearly the dentist is at fault here because how could they need more than their insurance would cover you know because medical insurance covers what they need you know I, I think there's a lot of ignorance about it and I I don't I always feel like if I'm the guy who's explaining how your insurance works that that looks self serving to patients like oh of course that's what you would say <laughs> but it, it is frustrating to me it really is it's like I feel like insurance in some ways over time, not specific insurance you know policies, but has sort of has sort of made it so people believe that you know whatever problems I have, clearly the twelve hundred dollars of insurance I have is going to take care of it you know, and that's that's clearly silly it has nothing to do with what your coverage is you know right
1: and and the plans are getting skinnier and skinnier
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The, the, they continue to cost plenty though that's that's the one thing that I've noticed that they, they they're not they're not charging any less for them that's how it works.
1: Right, there's some really cool stuff coming out of the ADA, the Health Policy Institute. Um, some research coming out of there um, that will you know, show that a lot of, in a lot of cases, having insurance is more costly than not having. Yes, insurance. I know. Oh my gosh! And we should call it benefits. We shouldn't call it
0: insurance. Agreed. Agreed. we
1: we'll be mad. They heard that I called it insurance. It's a benefit plan. It's not insurance. Insurance is for catastrophic loss. Yep. And, uh, this is no. This is you know, if my car. Um, you know like car, Your
0: insurance. car insurance is for crashes that, and accidents, oh, wow. not for changing the oil, exactly. Right. All right. Was Brett, this was, this was really good. Like we got we, like I said before we started, we could go on for hours and hours, but we try and keep it around 45 minutes. So I appreciate you being on the show. We'll have to have you on again. and uh, if, if, uh, if anyone has any questions or comments, email me at Allen at the com. If you want to get in touch with Brett or want to hear more about what we talked about. and Brett, thank you so much for being on.
1: Always, always a pleasure. And it's great catching up with you too, Alan. Good luck right. with news. Thanks.
0: Thanks a lot, Brett. Appreciate it. If you like what you heard on the show today, leave me an email, alan at the com. Go over to iTunes. Give me five stars. Give me a review. I'm still new at this, so I need to get some reviews out there so people can see what we're doing. And thank you again for listening.